now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union labels. And to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm ever yours, Alan Nathan, the Militip moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis. For those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach, absolutely delighted you could be with us. If this is indeed your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. We feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's www.alannathan.com. Don't forget that email address, alan at alannathan.com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan show, Saturdays, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And, of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we'd love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right. The Alan Nathan Show is entering its 25th year of national syndication, all thanks to you. Reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right, please get out of the thought control business. Our topics du jour, as you may have heard, well, Elon Musk demonstrates a way to expose the weakness of the woke media Nazis in one interview with the BBC. And then, of course, later on, he exposes government censorial interference in another on Fox News' Tucker Carlson show. Will all this catch on? Also, a Rasmussen poll shows Trump over Biden while his numbers rise with blacks, Hispanics, women, and independents, even as Florida Governor DeSantis does better than both. And by the way, there are a number of other polls echoing these findings. You have to wonder, though, will the trends continue? And finally, uh, a healthy 50-year-old orthopedic surgeon by the name of Dr. Joel Walscog becomes crippled and unemployed within just a week of receiving a COVID shot and has since fought the online censorship of vaccine debacle stories like his, making you wonder, when does it stop? Censorship is not how we get to the better argument. It is by allowing arguments to transpire that we get there. And please don't give me the crap about, oh, we need to stop misinformation or disinformation. Accusations of misinformation and disinformation must be more than declared. They must be shown. They've got to be more than stated. They've got to be illustrated. Otherwise, anybody could shut down free speech just by saying, well, we can't hear from you because we want to stop misinformation and disinformation. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't just get to assert this and have that be good enough. All right? You've got to demonstrate why. I mean, think about it. Everybody who disagrees with one another does so because each believes the other to be misinformed or disinformed. But since when has that been enough to justify the shutting down of free speech? Let stories like Dr. Walscogs be heard. Anyway, without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing, all for the show, Tom Schatz, president of Citizens Against Government Waste. His editorials on fiscal policies have appeared in publications nationwide, including the New York Times as well as the Wall Street Journal. Additionally, he's testified on plenty of occasions concerning government waste issues before both congressional committees as well as regulatory bodies. Tom, great to have you back, buddy. How are you today? I'm doing great, Alan. Thanks. Good to have you. Good to have you. You know, I was looking at a number of these polls, and uh, it's not just Rasmussen. I mean, he's got Trump up by seven over Biden. You know, what we've heard all along is, wait a minute, the, the Democrats have this plan. And, but a quick disclaimer here, I'm a DeSantis guy. I prefer DeSantis over Trump. But one thing we've heard is that, hey, getting Trump in all sorts of trouble with these lawsuits, especially what's just happening in New York, 
Uh, this is all about uh, letting his popularity rise with the GOP so that he's the nominee, but have him damaged enough so that he doesn't have a, have a shot in the general, because no way could he compete against Biden with all this baggage. But it turns out that that's not how it's going. That's not how it's unfolding. Yes, he is rising in popularity with the GOP. He's gotten like $10 million in, I don't know, three or four days or something like that. But he's also risen in the polls with economist YouGov, you know, as well as Harvard Harris. And DeSantis, he does even better. So what's up in your sense of it? Well, I think it's um, a number of things. Uh, Biden is slowly declining, and I mean this in a lot of ways, in terms of not just popularity, but policy. He proposed a ridiculous budget. We've had this issue now with, uh, it's not quote-unquote his fault, but now we've had a huge leak of intelligence uh, information and documents uh, on his watch. So I think it's all adding up, inflation, recession, um, people are unhappy, that's shown in the polls. So it didn't quite catch up as much in November as it is now. And I think the idea of Reelecting someone at his age or of his age, of how he's <laughs> handling his age, I think people are waking up and saying, you know what, somebody else might be better, even if, um, you know, it is Donald Trump and he's been indicted for something kind of silly, uh, which, of course, has increased his popularity, I think, in, uh, for many people. So I think it's more of a, a negative toward Biden, not necessarily a, a big positive toward Trump. Well, DeSantis is doing even better. And Rasmussen, he's up by eight over Biden. And Quinnipiac, he's over by two. Uh, DeSantis is uh, over Biden by three in Harvard-Harris. And he's just a governor who hasn't even declared yet and only has his rep based on all that he's accomplished in Florida. And he doesn't have anywhere near the national recognition as Trump, and yet he's still outperforming everybody. Can you imagine what would happen or what will happen, I believe, when he does finally declare and his prominence rises and we see also, how unlike Trump, he is far more agile when it comes to uh, the thrust and parry with the press. And he's also able to not step on himself uh, as Trump seems to be incapable of avoiding. Or am I seeing too much into this? What's your analysis? Well, I, I think that every needs to be seen. You know, it's difficult for governors to get elected. There haven't been that many. And we did have, of course, you know, George uh, W. Bush. Uh, and so, uh, and Jimmy Carter, if you want to, you know, make another governor president, so <laughs> mixed results. Uh, but it, but it's it's a little uh, tricky for that. And I think that people have to know more about uh, Governor DeSantis, what he's done, who he is, how he would uh, kind of be on the world stage. I think that's a big piece of it as well. So some of those things are a little unknown. Yes, he's done great in Florida. Um, honestly, he's an organization of citizens against government waste, like everybody else. We agree with a lot of things, but not everything. And so, sure, sure. Uh, but, but let's see where where that goes. I think declaring will uh, increase his uh, name ID. And uh, he has to be, honestly, more than just I'm not Donald Trump, and he is. But I think right now a lot of people say, oh, you know, he's got the Trump policies, but he doesn't have the same personality. Look, Ron DeSantis is far more than that, and I think we know that. That, that has to be shown as he goes along if he does announce. Oh, well, listen, he resonates very, very well with uh, Trump fans, but he also resonates well with uh, a greater percentage of the establishment crowd. Now, some of the establishment are trying to call him, you know, a, a Trump-like figure. We don't need someone else like Trump. But these establishment types have failed miserably because whenever push comes to shove, they are consistently exposed as folks who fold like a cheap suit. Anytime they disagree with Democrats, it seems they only disagree up to the point where Democrats say they're no longer permitted to. I mean, <laughs> they do seem to acquiesce. And I think uh, a growing percentage of not just uh, Republicans, but a lot of my fellow centrists and libertarians and, and constitutionalists, uh, folks are tired of people who too quickly acquiesce to the rabid left just because uh, the volume might get too might get a little louder than they feel comfortable with. Or am I seeing too much into it, Tom Schott? Well, I, I, you know, the establishment, quote-unquote, has limitations, as we've seen. You know, they haven't always been right about who they should nominate and who they should elect or vote for. And so, uh, Well, they never uh, get anywhere, do they, my people. friend? Look at, yeah. look at, uh, look yeah. at Romney. 
He fell apart like right. a plane on fire right. out of the sky. Look at McCain. Right. He fell out of the sky like a plane on fire. I mean, the, it, it seems that, and also George um, H.W. Bush, I mean, he was not able to get reelected because he was seen as somebody who buckled, caved. He said, read my lips, no new taxes, and then he went along with it. And, well, and then he looked at his, you know, then he looked at his watch during a debate. So yeah, yeah, but I think it was, I think he could, that he could have survived. What he was not able to survive was a promise to not raise new taxes, and he buckled. And the support he needed for re-election wasn't there because he couldn't be taken seriously. Or do you think I've seen too much into it? Well, I think that was part of it as well. But uh, you know, that was way before social media. Things changed. We'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, I have a feeling that social media only magnifies those flaws. It doesn't let them exactly. escape more easily. So I think the fact that uh, we're now in an age of more expanded media uh, only emphasizes uh, weaknesses such as those. Uh, it doesn't allow them to escape. Anyway, more on this upon a return. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stick with us. Spring is here. Time to get out of the gym and take your workout outdoors. Whether you're walking, running, swimming, or biking, it's important to have a proper warm-up routine to prevent injuries. Five-time Ironman triathlon world champion Craig Crowey-Alexander has some advice. Sprains, strains, and injuries can happen to any athlete. Even a minor injury can affect your performance and derail your fitness routine. One of the best ways to try and prevent injuries is to make sure you prepare properly. Alexander recommends always starting with a 10 to 15 minute dynamic warm-up. Activation exercises combined with some dynamic movements like lunges are great for warming up. Focus on one specific movement at a time until you feel ready to go. Be sure to listen to your body and use proper support gear when needed to protect yourself and prevent injury. The Curad Performance Series Ironman lineup includes rugged supports, wraps, kinesiology tape, bandages, and analgesics to support you on your fitness journey. For more, go to curad.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to skill 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States including yours, but they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds 
a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Over here is Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis. For those who have an aversion to the left-right, black-white, two-dimensional approach, absolutely delighted you could be with us. Covering a number of things here today, uh, Elon Musk demonstrates a way to expose the weakness of the woke media Nazis in just one delicious interview with the BBC. And I want to get, get into that. We talked about it a bit uh, earlier. Uh, assisting in the opining and analyzing uh, is Tom Schatz sticking around. We appreciate that. He, of course, again, president of uh, Citizens Against Government Waste. You've seen his writings on fiscal policies and publications like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal. And, of course, he's testified on plenty of occasions before, um, you know, on plenty of occasions concerning government waste issues before congressional committees as well as regulatory bodies. Tom, good to have you back again, and uh, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks. I want to go ahead and uh, share with you uh, Elon Musk giving uh, a BBC anchor or uh, slash interviewer slash reporter a few lessons on Socratic dialogue. Uh, he kept them on point, and he just did not know how to handle it. And I'm surprised because, you know, I, I had the privilege of going to university in Great Britain, and we were taught about Socratic dialogue, the Alinkus form of debate, point, counterpoint, counterpoint, counterpoint. And I'm surprised that this uh, Brit uh, wasn't able to better recover than he did. But maybe it's not too surprising because he's fallen to that that left-wing trap of never having to be challenged and always being able to use uh, presuppositions as if they can masquerade a settled argument versus showing how that argument was ever actually settled. Anyway, Elon Musk just took him apart deliciously here. Again, this is an exchange uh, between BBC's James Clayton and Elon Musk, again, the now second wealthiest man on the planet. Clip one, James, if you please. They just, there's not enough people to police this stuff, particularly around, um, particularly around hate speech. Um, in the company. Do, is that well, something that you've been sure talking about? I mean, you use Twitter. Right. Do you see a rise in hate speech? I mean, I, I, but just a personal anecdote, like what do you do? I don't. Personally, my uh, for you, I would see I get, I get more of that kind of content, yeah, personally. That's but, what I'm asking for examples. Can right. You, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't need, I, I, honestly, you I don't can't need, name I, a single example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore, because I, I just don't particularly like it. I only look at my, my following. You said you've following. seen more hateful content, but you can't name it a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I, well, I, I how did you see the hateful content? content? Because I've been, I've, been using it, I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen the for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right. And you I, can't I, give us a more. And, and, and I'm saying... I, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy on one hand says... Uh, clearly, there's been a rise in hate speech. I know because I've personally, I've personally have seen it. Oh, can you give me an example? Well, I'm not using this uh, particular feed of yours anymore, so I, I, I can't. Oh, really? Well, uh, what is that feed? It is the for you feed. But then you've already told me that you've personally seen it, so can you share with me an example? Well, I can't because I don't use this particular feed. He's using secondary and tertiary measures to avoid the primary one that he's completely unable to satisfy. Isn't that fair to say, uh, Tom Schott? Well, you, when you're making an argument for which you have no proof, then you are just talking, right? You're not <laughs> proving anything. Uh, and I guess if you're hosting your own show, you're allowed to talk and not have anything to say, because that's really what that whole interview was about. Uh, I'm not quite sure why Elon Musk thought that this would be a good interview, other than he may have seen an opportunity to make a point about a lot of the media and how they really don't do a lot of you know, real checking anymore. They just see something and think it's news or hear something and pretend that it happened without looking into it further. And that's pretty much what that guy just did. Yeah, he was not able to tether his assertion to any measurable standard of accountability and dialogue and debate. He was not able to link his claim to any required uh, foundational merit. And despite the fact that he could not you know, show assertion premise, assertion, premise, but only pretext, 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 uh, <laughs> he, he would not even demonstrate the decency to admit that which his own fumbling was pretty much exposing anyway. I want to continue. Let's hear a little bit more of this clip to James, if you please. You can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet. 
and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. People will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, how let, do you know? That, I, I don't think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I, That's haven't, absurd. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. Then how would you know this hateful content? <laughs> because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, just absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. I... I you know, and, and now, of course, he's he is pretty much a defender of free speech. He's gotten some flack for, uh, you know, stopping some speech because of, of um, you know, stalking accusations or what have you. But uh, even if uh, his uh, management of Twitter is not perfect, I think uh, in a comparative sense, he has offered a far greater amount of free speech on Twitter than that organization was ever showing in the past. Where am I mistaken, Tom Schatz? Oh, I, I completely agree. And when <laughs> somebody's criticizing something they know nothing about, as we said a minute ago, I mean, you can't say I saw something a few weeks ago, but I don't have it anymore, and pretend you're interviewing somebody who runs the company that w did whatever you claim it did. Uh, it makes, of course, everything look much better for Twitter. Uh, again, maybe that's why Elon Musk went on with this guy, knowing he knew nothing, and he look a lot better than the uh, interviewer, which is probably generally too when he talks. But I, I think it goes again to the whole issue of the left or the media saying, yeah, everything's bad, everything's wrong, you know, there's no free speech when they're the ones repressing free speech. Yeah, well, the, you know what it is? The, the, the left have grown very accustomed to saying that the conclusion of their claim is proof of an argument versus showing the proof itself. Just make the assertion. It's like what they did with Kavanaugh years ago when he was nominated for the Supreme Court. You had lefties screaming at the then uh, GOP-led uh, Judiciary Committee, the Senate Judiciary Committee. They were screaming, how can, you let a, how can you let a rapist on the Supreme Court? How can you let a rapist on the Supreme Court? That presupposed that he had ever been shown to be one, but mm -hmm. they just referred to it as fact. And uh, when you use presuppositions only, uh, and then you're challenged, as was the case here with Elon Musk, that is when you are truly exposed. And I'm just surprised that uh, you know the GOP aren't doing this more often. I I think it would be a marvelous way for them to uh, to bring things about more quickly. I, I I mean I know there are a few who can muster this. Uh, more aggressive countering tactic. You got people like Florida Ron DeSantis, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, and of course New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, and and an old friend of our show. We've had her on a bunch of times. Uh, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. All these people come to mm -hmm. mind, but not many more. Tom, I mean, let me ask you: Do you see the GOP ever eventually growing a collective pair in this regard, or are they going to continue the same weak Marcus of Queensbury rules? to which only they adhere, Tom Schatz. I think one of the problems with uh, the Republicans is that they go after, quote-unquote, big tech, which feeds into what the Democrats are talking about, uh, claiming that they're repressing, quote-unquote, conservative speech. You can't have it both ways. Uh, and I think, you know, big look, big tech is small tech. All those platforms, all the companies to sell their goods, provide information, and I think the Republicans need to be more, more careful about what they're saying about free speech and how they're addressing it. Well, it's okay to go after big tech if big tech has been empirically, verifiably quashing dissent, as we saw happen with everything from COVID protocols to the Hunter Biden laptop story. Would you not agree? I agree there, but don't get rid of Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't think anybody wants to. They just want to make sure... That 230 is applied evenly, not just for some and not others. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common. But after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? 
author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is here, and there's no better time to try something new. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar and enjoy real Coke taste and zero sugar. Now available at participating Burger King restaurants. Try Coke Zero Sugar with your favorite food from Burger King. Satisfy your hunger and enjoy Coke Zero Sugar with a piping hot breakfast sandwich, like a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant. Sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant makes for a delicious breakfast to start your morning right. And don't forget the crispy hash browns. Or if the flame-grilled Whopper sandwich, BK Royal crispy chicken sandwich, or chicken fries are your fave, you are in luck. All Burger King menu items pair perfectly with an ice-cold Coke Zero Sugar. It's the perfect no-sugar sparkling beverage that goes great with everything. Take a taste of Coke Zero Sugar to enjoy spring your way at Burger King, where you rule. At participating U.S. Burger King restaurants, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools... Suddenly, everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Glowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us. Well, we've been having a lot of fun with the story. Elon Musk demonstrating a way to expose the weakness of the woke media Nazis in one interview with the BBC. Uh, also, a Rasmussen poll shows Trump over Biden while his numbers rise with blacks, Hispanics, women, and independents, even as 
Florida Governor DeSantis does better than both, but will these trends continue? Assisting in the opining and analyzing, we have old friend of the show, John Zamirak, a senior editor at The Stream. He was press secretary for Louisiana Governor Mike Foster. He was also a reporter and editor at Success Magazine, as well as Investors Business Daily. Uh, additionally, he's co-author of 13 books, including The Politically Incorrect Guide to Immigration. Uh, John, great to have you back. How are you today? Fine, thanks. Good to talk to you, Alan. I want to jump on this uh, Trump matter before, then we'll get to Musk. I've been having so much fun, it's getting self-indulgent. Uh, we'll get to the clips in a bit again. But uh, interesting stuff happening with uh, the Trump. I pointed out how the, there's this Rasmussen poll uh, showing Trump's over Biden and that uh, DeSantis does even better. But um, I, I wouldn't want to stop there. I mean, it, it's not only Rasmussen. It's Quinnipiac uh, and others. Uh, more specifically, you got The Economist and YouGov. Uh, showing tr- Trump's uh, with, and it's a liberal outlet, economist YouGov. Trump's up by one. Uh, Rasmussen has him up by seven. Uh, Harvard Harris has him up by four. Um, and 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 it seems that um, the original plan of the Democrats is not quite working out as they originally uh, envisioned. Because as you might recall, they thought, okay, we go ahead, uh, put him up in a lot of these legal hassles. Uh, this, of course, will. Uh, buoy his numbers with the GOP, which we want because we want him the nominee. Because if he's the nominee, he'll be the easiest Republican to beat versus, let's say, someone like Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, so while it will help him with the primary, it won't do much for him for the national. But right now, early on in the election season, we're seeing the direct opposite take place. We're seeing Trump resonate more effectively nationwide. And when you look at DeSantis, a guy who hasn't even declared, he's doing even better than Trump. What do you make of it all? You know, I think a lot of it is moot unless we fix voter fraud, because I think the Democrats are so committed to seizing power in this country that they're going to steal the the next election, no matter how well the Republican does, unless we fix voter fraud now. And I think one of the reasons the Democrats have been so careless, trashing the economy, leaving almost $100 billion in military equipment to the Taliban in Afghanistan, leaving the border open. They are not acting like a party that expects it will have to contest an honest election. They're acting like a party that thinks it can use the FBI and the CIA to terrorize the population, that thinks that they're going to win the next election no matter how the voters choose to vote. That's what I really believe. So Let me ask you I, this, then. Are you yeah. at all heartened by certain developments such as James O'Keefe uh, accruing more of these uh, citizen squads? That's a term that I, I've been yeah. using for a number of years. But he's going to have a lot of folks walking around with body cams all over yeah. uh, these uh, these polling stations, all over these drop boxes. Right, right. That's why, that's why they tried to destroy his organization and take it away from him. And they tried to put him in prison. I mean, we are watching. We need to look at conservatives in America as like dissidents in Eastern Europe in the 1970s and 80s against a hostile regime that has a secret police and a state-controlled media. That's well, that's really what, the, what we're in. But that's, that's what the Second Amendment option is all about. You know, the right yeah. of the people to be secure, I mean, it makes it abundantly clear. A well-regulated militia, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I want to emphasize the part where it says being necessary to the security of a free state. Look, if officials what? disconnect themselves from the very laws they require the rest of us to follow, that equals tyranny. Denotatively or connotatively. Let me remind people. Let me remind people. I've got. I have a new book coming out called No Second Amendment, No First, and in it we talk about this: the number of civilians murdered by their governments between 1914 and 1990 was 170 million, according to genocide scholar R.J. Rummel in his invaluable book Death by Government. If anybody, nobody out there has read Death by Government, you can get it free on the internet. 170 million civilians, and you, from Cambodia to South America. And you know what the one thing they had in common, Alan? They, they had have all guns been anymore. Disar- they had all been disarmed by those same governments. Yep. 170 million. Um, the modern secular state is the most dangerous thing to the human race since the Black Plague. And we, that is why 
cold, they'll have to pry my gun out of my cold, dead fingers, should be absolutely literal, not figurative. The time to use your gun is on whoever comes to take it, because that is your last chance at defending yourself and your family and your country and your freedom from the fate of the victims of the Holocaust, the Ukrainian famine, the Cambodian genocide, the Rwandan genocide. It, it will happen again. It's, in, it's part of human nature. Tyranny will happen again. We see the tyranny in Canada and Australia and New Zealand, countries, English-speaking countries that once had the heritage of the Magna Carta, but they gave up their guns, and now they are veal calves. The people there are veal calves waiting to be turned into pieces of scallopini and fettuccine alfredo. But we have not relinquished those rights. And don't That's get me right. wrong. Look, this happens when we find that our normal checks and balances and reciprocal checks and balances fall by the wayside. That's right. I don't believe we're quite there yet. But when you have government that turns uh, a blind eye to the very constitution to which that government is subordinate, in the aggregate, that's when you have problems. That's when to say uh, a particular party dominates all three branches to the extent where uh, the constitution has no more muscle. Uh, that's when all of a sudden the Second Amendment option is more than valid. Because, indeed, it is for the purpose of – it's not for hunting rights. It is for the purpose of the security of a free state. And that happens when government officials disconnect themselves from the very laws they require the rest of us to follow. That is tyranny, and that's when we get to step up. But do you really think we're at that point yet? Well, I think we're at the point where the Democrats will unleash violent mobs on cities. And then if people like Jake Gardner or Kyle Rittenhouse try to defend themselves – they will charge them with first-degree murder for defending themselves against a violent mob of politi- political thugs. That is literally how the Nazis took power in Germany. They would have street thugs terrorizing people, and then people who defended themselves, they would go to prison and the street thugs would walk free. It's called a narco-tyranny, and it is literally how the Nazis took power in Germany. And is what, it is the playbook that Democrats seem to be following in America today. But I don't see how they're going to get away with it. I mean, there's well, over 400 million. There's over 400. Actually, there's over 450 million guns in this country, and the vast majority of them are not owned by the gun controlling left. Right. But what? But what they're trying to do is anybody who uses it, they will make. They will try to make sure he goes to prison, even if he was following the law as Kyle Rittenhouse was. Thank God that jury wasn't a, a Washington D.C. jury. We see how the January 6th defendants. The nonviolent political demonstrators, some of them are going to prison for years because they, they were prosecuted in a blue state jurisdiction with a jury full of people willing to send people to prison who were innocent. Thank God for Kyle Rittenhouse that he had an honest jury. But um, we, had a, we had a National Guardsman, no, a Texas Ranger in Austin, which is a blue city in a red state. He was he his car was swamped by Black Lives Matter demonstrators. Somebody pointed an AK-47 in the car at his head. He shot the guy pointing the AK-47 at his head. He was convicted of murder by a jury in Texas. And now it's going to take Governor Governor Greg Abbott to pardon him. But if you've got Soros linked prosecutors and urban juries full of left-wing Democrats willing to convict anybody who defends himself, especially if he's a white male, you have a tyranny in place in large swathes of the country. You better not use your gun to defend yourself if you have a Soros prosecutor and if your jury pool is going to be full of urban leftists. No, that's, you're spe- going to that's especially the time you use your firearm because of that. Look, you got to use the weapons you have while you have them versus letting the other side shame you into not using them, even as that other side mobilizes their own against you. People fall right. for that. They're saps. No, and, you're right. Uh, it's always better to be judged by 12 than carried by 6. Precisely. And that's why we have to remember the woke infiltrating government screams a valid question. Given that the Constitution only permits the American people to use the Second Amendment option against the tyrannical government, you know, to ensure what's necessary to the security of a free state. How much more tyrannical does the DOJ and FBI have to become before that might happen? I tell you what, John, think on that a little bit. We're going to return. If you can, buddy, hang on the line for just a bit. 
just a bit, folks. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Going to be right back. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his his first first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. 
with PVA staff working inside VA hospitals. No other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Uh, delighted to be with us. You know, not long ago, a poll following Trump's New York City arrest showed uh, Trump leading Biden by like seven points. Other polls also showing the same. Um, I haven't really seen one out since countering this finding uh, by Rasmussen. Um, and I was wondering what's happening here. My guest uh, right now, senior editor at The Stream, said that perhaps it's really a moot point because the left doesn't think they'll have to persuade voters since they'll steal it through their use of government operatives helping them do so. Folks at the DOJ, the FBI, what have you, uh, because any time any redress is expected, uh, somehow they're able to avoid accountability uh, despite uh, grotesque evidence to the contrary, uh, which led to the discussion over the Second Amendment and how it might ultimately be our our only um, real form of redress. Um, I was asking him uh, about uh, just how successful the woke have perhaps infiltrated government and whether or not it might scream a valid question. And that is that given that the Constitution only permits the American people to use the Second Amendment option against the tyrannical government, in other words, to ensure what's quote-unquote necessary to the security of a free state, as is guaranteed in our Constitution, how much more tyrannical does the DOJ or FBI have to become uh, before that might happen? And uh, that's where we pretty much left it off. John Zamirak, thanks for sticking around. Uh, once more, uh, let you know who uh, John Zamirak is. He, again, is senior editor at The Stream, but he was also uh, former press secretary for Louisiana Governor Mike Foster. He was also a reporter and editor at Success Magazine, as well as Investors Business Daily. John, again, thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, uh, just how close do you think we are perhaps getting to that? But I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're there until aggregate government becomes tyrannical, which is to say, that's when government and bureaucrats and officials essentially disconnect themselves from the very laws that require the rest of us to follow. That is indeed tyranny. Well, and at that point, we are allowed to pick up arms uh, as per the Second Amendment's uh, uh, permission to do so. You take on how well, soon we might be at that point. Well, Alan, look at it this way. The, the district attorney in New York City turns loose any felon, any thief, as long as they don't actually injure someone while, while holding them up or robbing them. It is his policy to release muggers and thieves on the street if they don't actually injure a citizen. But he is manufacturing felonies to try to veto a presidential candidate that the rest of the country wants to, wants to, to elect. Think about that, the sheer hubris of one local prosecutor basically charging Trump for being the victim of blackmail and, and pretending that he, as a local district attorney, has jurisdiction over campaign finance law, which is federal. And the media and the establishment are going along with it because they don't want the people to be able to choose their president. When Trump was president, he was virtually a lame duck for four years because the FBI was able to weaponize fake investigations against him. If this had happened to Lech Walesa when he was elected as the first non-communist pre president of Poland, people would have recognized, oh, look, the communists and the bureaucracy won't allow the people's choice to actually govern, so they are trying to cripple him in but office. But it's backfiring on him. I mean, the polls are showing that the Democrat hope, which was to make Trump more popular with the GOP so they nominate him, but have that only serve the grander purpose of ensuring that he would then be weakened 
uh, proportionally for but, a general election, it's not working out. He's now that much more popular him. in the general. And and by the way, Bragg but wants Alan, to prosecute Trump for violating, just to catch people up on this, uh, this Bragg, this Manhattan DA, uh, Alvin Bragg, he wants to prosecute Trump for violating 2016 federal campaign finance laws really using a three-bank shot without the cushions to get there because the statute of limitations have expired. The Fed's already found insufficient evidence, and his witnesses, of course, have no credibility. So besides uh, Bragg going after Trump, despite the statute of limitations running out, as well as both the Fed's and his own predecessors finding there isn't enough evidence to move forward, he also appears to be wrong on the law even if the statute of limitations hadn't expired. This is something I thought was poignant. This was pointed out by Fox News legal analyst Greg Jarrett. He pointed out that Bragg, quote, skipped over the part about dual-purpose contributions. That is, if money paid serves a double or ancillary function, then it is not a reportable expense or donation to the campaign. Hence, no crime was committed. This has been Trump's argument all along. He did it primarily for personal and commercial reasons. Reasons. So scores of attorneys weigh on this, weighing in on this have agreed with that finding. It looks as if Bragg is only going to help Trump that much more. Your point is it doesn't matter because the Democrats don't feel they have to earn an election win. They're going to steal it Furthermore, because the powers that be will allow them to do so. Do you really think that there's no way we can stop this? Well, I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you what their plan is. All they need is to convince a New York jury to ignore the law and convict him anyway, and then they have to hope that they'll get enough ju- enough judges who are sufficiently biased that they won't throw the conviction out. And then they will have Trump on a felony, and he will be ineligible under the U.S. Constitution to run for president. That's not as long as plan. the appellate process is going on, which means that it's not a case closed. The appellate process has to be exhausted before that can be a finding of fact. It's as okay, simple as good. that. If it's, if it's an appeal... If it's an appeal, and don't forget, a, a, a regular federal district judge is the first court of appeal for things that go awry in cities and states. Don't forget Bush v. Gore, the Florida Supreme Court, found yeah. in Gore's favor, and the normal next stop would have been a federal district court. But, of course, time was of the essence, so they fast-tracked it to the Supreme Court. But normally, if people find that you know it's challengeable under the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause, uh, and uh, even if a st- state Supreme Court goes against you, you can then challenge it at a federal district court. And Trump would have all that in front of him, especially with a case like this. I mean, there's no there there. The statute of limitations ran out. It's as simple as that. Nothing they're arguing can be tethered to any measurable standard of accountability in any court of law whatsoever, well, even Alan, if you allow me- for bias in the state. Alan, just let me remind you how close Kyle Rittenhouse went to going to prison for first-degree murder. First-degree murder is what Lee Harvey Oswald did to JFK. It's premeditated murder. But, my friend, they had the video. I saw the video. You had Rittenhouse shooting back at a guy who's pointing a gun at him. I mean, that that actually speaks volumes. But what you're referencing is, is a reason for hope, my friend. You're talking about what people get away with in the latitude they have, and I'm with you a thousand percent. If that my compadre in arms, if, my compadre, I'm with you. But ultimately, the American system worked, and Rittenhouse was saved by bias and chicanery and nefarious conduct. And I'm hopeful that it is that part of America that saves ourselves from ourselves. And if all else fails, hey, we do have the Second Amendment option. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-7 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.